the, uh, the intersection at the river food bank. Uh, we started that the week before Easter. It's every Thursday from 1 to 4 o'clock. What is the intersection at the River Food Bank? We, have, we are becoming a multi-site church. And what is a multi-site church? A multi-site church is a, is a church that does church in more than one location. It used to be that out at uh, the in Otis Orchards, we had the church called River of Life. In that church, uh, the building's there, the property's there, but they're not having services out there and haven't for a couple of years. So what we're going to be doing is we're going, it's, we're going to have church out there as well. It'll probably be a year before we actually have services out there. But what we've started, in order to minister to the community out there, we have started uh, a food bank out there, and it's every... Thursday from 1 to 4. So if you know someone that needs uh, some extra help, there is no, uh, it, you don't have to live in the area kind of thing, and you don't have to, you can only come once a month kind of thing, none of that. If people need food, then it's there for them. And so uh, I want to encourage you to not forget it, pray for it, and, uh, and if you can help in any way, that'd be huge. David Sampson is overseeing it for me out there. There are a number of you here that have volunteered and been out there, and we greatly appreciate all of you who have been a part of that and uh, volunteered and are making that possible. So two Thursdays in a row now, we've served people and given them food out, and I really appreciate it. Where is this at? It's on Euclid in Otis Orchard. So if you take the Liberty Lake exit, hang a left up over the freeway, the very first road you can turn right on after you've crossed the freeway going north is Euclid. It, Euclid runs on the north side of the Spokane River. So once you take the Liberty Lake exit, turn left, go up over the freeway, go over the river, and then there's Euclid. You take a right, and it's just a little ways down on the left. You'll see a big red barn, and on the other side of the red barn is a white church. It says Open Bible on it, a uh, big sign out front. It's there every Thursday uh, from 1 to 4. Also, just wanted to encourage you to consider something, and that is this, that that this week, if you would take uh, a day, or if you can't do a whole day, take one meal at least, and fast and pray uh, for these ladies that have been uh, attacked with cancer. Uh, Toshi's daughter, we want to absolutely lift her before the Lord and pray that God will work a miracle in her body. And I want to invite you as well this week to take uh, a day or a meal fast in prayer and just with earnest expectation, let's ask God for a healing. As Laura Lee uh, Lashbrook has encountered uh, this, um, this uh, cancer, uh, now has come into her liver, and uh, it's uh, certainly going to require the hand of God. And so I want, if you would pray for her, that would be marvelous. How many do believe that God still heals today? Absolutely. I do as well. And, and if we didn't believe it, there'd be no point in praying. But I believe that there's a reason we pray, because the Bible says if just two of us agree as touching anything, our Father in heaven will hear us and will do it. And so we're believing God for a miracle for both of these ladies. If you could do that, that'd be marvelous. Next Sunday is the uh, blood mobile. 
It'll be parked out in front. And I want to really encourage you, if you haven't yet, you may want to sign up out there on the sheet in the foyer and come uh, next week. It's a huge, huge blessing, a great help to a number of people. So I want to be sure and uh, encourage you. Uh, I'll be in there giving blood next week, and I know many of you will as well. We greatly appreciate your, your contribution in blood. Uh, less painful than an offering, actually, huh? No. <laughs> Not so much at all. So, anyway, okay, I don't know where that came from. <clears throat> By the way, yesterday, one last announcement. Yesterday was Don Fodish's 85th birthday. Yesterday, 85 years old. Marvelous. And uh, happy birthday to you, Don. The, uh, we're beginning today a series called The Big Four. I want to read to you from Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 7. It's at the top of your notes as well. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. What I'd like you to do is to say that out loud with me, but I want to uh, make it uh, first person. Say it, read it this way with me. I shall have no other gods before you. One more time. I shall have no other gods before you. Years ago, as a young pastor, I uh, went to a a seminar that our region of Open Bible Churches put together uh, for ongoing training of uh, we pastors. And uh, the at the training, there was probably, I don't know, it was probably 40 or 50 pastors. And and uh, we, we were divided up so that we all sat around a round table so that we could we could write notes, but we could also a part of the seminar was some discussion stuff that would happen at each table, and uh, so I'm sitting at a table with five other pastors, and so there's six of us at the table, and and the the leader of this this seminar of training gave us an assignment, and the assignment was this that we were to at each table go around the table in turn and each of us tell the other pastors at our table what our values are. And uh, to my horror and chagrin, I happened to be the first pastor at our table who had to express what his values were. And so, uh, uh, with, with all these other five pastors looking at me with big grins on their face, expecting for something really enticing for them, I gave them a deeply spiritual, simple message, and it was this. I said, I don't have any values. <laughs> now, to, to those pastors were absolutely delighted to hear that one of their pastors sitting at a table has no values. The, re the reality of it was is that I obviously have values, but I had never thought about it. I'd never been asked that question, and I never had ever... In my brain, I never even considered that it was a question that, that I should be able to answer. So I gave no thought to it. And so I thought, 
Well, I don't know. I don't have any values, you know. And, and then when I listened as other men went around the table and expressed their values, then I kind of understood what it was we were looking for. And of course, I have lots and lots of values. I value my wife. I value my children. I value my parents. I, I value the ministry. I value God. I value his word. I value worship. I value reaching people for Jesus. I, I value living for God. I value the family of God. There's, there's a lot of things that I absolutely value. And as I began to, to really consider them, uh, a number of years ago, we, I did a sermon on, on some of the values of our church, and we posted them around the building. And, and uh, just recently, as I like to do occasionally, I like to just sit, find a quiet place, and reevaluate how I'm doing with God. What I'm thinking, how I'm, how I'm doing with the Lord. And as I was sitting thinking about it, I started remembering our values, but I realized I couldn't really put into clear, definitive words the values of our church. Although I know, I mean, we value diversity. We value uh, things being done well for God. We value worship. We value his word. I mean, all, you know, we value all those things. No question about it. And as, so I was sitting there, and I was—I had a little notebook that I write in my thoughts, and I was right, and I was there, and I thought, Lord, you know, I just—I want what what really matters to me. What what really counts? What what has real value in my life? And four things immediately came to came to mind for me. And I, want to, and I want to talk about those four things uh, starting today, the first one. What are the values of this church? And ought to be the values of every one of us as intersectionites, which we are intersectionites or intersectioneers. What would you prefer? An eye or an ear? You know, an ear? Okay, so here we are, the intersectioneers. And uh, we are, uh, what, what do we really value? You know what I could use? James, could you maybe pump that heat up one more degree? Oh, some are wanting five or six. So let's go with, <laughs> let's go with one more degree. Because I know if I'm up a little higher and cold, you're probably cold as well. So the, the, the values are important. What, what makes it important that we really know our values? What's important to you? The reason is, is because the things that you put a high price on, those are the things that answer the why question to, the, to what we're doing in life. Why do you do what you do? Why do you say what you say? Why do you go where you go? Why do you give to what you give to? And why do you not give to what you don't give to? And, and, and why do you hang out with the people that you hang out with? And all the why questions. The, the answer to the why questions is because there's something that you've put a pretty high price on. It's valuable to you. And because it's a value to you, it begins to work out in the way that you live and the decisions that you make in life. Why do we do what we do? And so there are four values, and this morning I want to talk to you about the first one. And the first value is this. Value number one is God matters. God matters. 
Now, someone can say, well, if there's only four, you only got four values. No, I think once, you, once we unpackage each of the values, you discover that there are gems within each package of values. And the first one is simply this, God matters. If somebody said, well, what, what matters to you in life? My very first thing is God. God matters to me absolutely matters and he ought to matter to you as well god matters now here it is deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 7 again says you shall have no other gods before me you see the reason that came about is because when god spoke to moses and he said moses here's the deal uh, my, my people have been in Egypt as slaves for 400 years, and it's time to get them out of there, and I want to lead them to the promised land, so I want you to, to, to get them out of there. And so Moses led a million people out of Egypt, and they made their way to what's called Mount Sinai. When they got to Mount Sinai, they camped at the bottom of the mountain, and Moses went to the top of that mountain, and there he met God, and God spoke to him. And at the top of Mount Sinai, God did what? What did God give to, to Moses? The Ten Commandments. Absolutely. And when you look at the Ten Commandments, and you see, here's what God expects of us. If you ask, why does God expect those ten things out of us? The, the answer is because of some values. The very first four commandments all relate to how you think about and respond to God. The last six all have to do with how you think about it and how you relate to people. And I've mentioned it numerous times to us that Jesus said, if you get these two things nailed down, you got it. If you, if you love God and you love people, you will fulfill all the law and all the prophets. And interestingly enough, the first four are all about loving God, and the last six of the Ten Commandments are all about loving people. What, what, are, what are my values? God matters. So what does God say? The very first commandment, you're not to have any other gods, no other gods before me. His second commandment is, and don't go carving any images that you'll end up worshiping. His third commandment is, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. Don't do that. And the fourth one is, is honor the Sabbath. Make sure you give some time for God. So the first four commandments, why did God give those? Why did, why did God say, Moses, I want you to go communicate these four things right off the bat to the people? Why would you want those four, God? Because God matters. No other gods before me. None, you just only me. You don't worship any other God. You don't make any other, don't make any carved images that you'll end up worshiping. Don't use my name in vain and make sure you're always giving time to me. Every week, give time to me. You know, God matters. Why does God matter? Why is that even important? Well, let's, let's look at three insights. Why does God matter? Insight number one. Because nothing exists without him. Nothing exists without him. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 through 18. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible. You know, there's things that exist that you can't see. 
There, there, are, there are things that are in existence that you don't really realize at times are in existence because they're invisible. They're of a spiritual nature created by God. Whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. God matters because he existed before anything else existed. God matters because if God doesn't exist, guess what else doesn't exist? We don't exist. Absolutely. And you know what the Bible says? It says that that he may have the preeminence. What does the word preeminence mean? Well, the preeminence means that, that, that he would be conspicuously in front. He's not just first in line. He is conspicuously first in line. He's not just at the top. He is conspicuously at the top. He stands out. He's, he is so standing out in front of that it's obvious that he is number one. He's conspicuously there. He should have the preeminence. And why should he have the preeminence? Why should he be number one in our life? Why does God matter? Because there'd be nothing else if God didn't exist. If God didn't exist... You wouldn't exist. I wouldn't exist. When you think about what God has to say in his word, why does the Bible tell us that if, if we, in fact, do not honor our mother and father, that, that's a pretty serious thing to God. Why would God tell us that if you don't honor your father and mother, that's serious stuff with God? Listen to what he says. Exodus 21, verse 17. And he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Seriously. That's pretty strong stuff. I would, I would venture to say that if, that, that if God held to that, we probably ought to pile up some stones in this room and get to business. Because I'm thinking there's probably some parents who've been cursed by some. And you think about that, but God's point here is that that's serious business. And you think, well, you know what? Reality is there's some parents who probably deserve to be cursed by their children. I mean, it is a sad world we live in. It is horrific, some of the things that you see happening to children uh, by their parents. It is absolutely incomprehensible the way that some parents can behave towards their children absolute vile vile behavior violent behavior abusive behavior in the worst order it is it's incomprehensible that parents can behave the way they do towards children breaks my heart it obviously breaks the heart of god as well but you know what god still said he said look you're not to curse your parents not to do that why would, why would God say that, give, given that some parents probably deserve a good cursing? And in fact, those parents are probably going to pay a high price when they stand before God. They will answer to God. But God said, don't curse them. And the reason that God said that is this. It's because you exist. If, you didn't, if your parents 
didn't give rise to you, you would not exist. They gave you life. And God absolutely values life. God values life. And that being the case, the fact that your parents, they may have abandoned you, they may have been absolutely vile, may have done the worst kinds of things. But you have the opportunity now to know the love of God, the marvelous grace of God, the redeeming power of God. You get the opportunity to know the wonders of eternal life and heaven because two people, even in their vilest of sins, gave life to you. They may have fouled it up, but God will not. He loves you. The reality is that he gave you life. They gave you life. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God has given you. See, it's one of those kinds of things, if you don't have anything good to say, then just don't say anything. Just don't say anything. Because it's better not to say anything than to end up disregarding the value of the fact that you have life, even from people that may have treated you badly. Or you may have been treated wonderfully. In my case, my parents treated me wonderfully. I, I had to go shovel in the barn a lot. I don't really get that, but uh, I learned a lot of good lessons shoveling in the barn. You know, my parents treated me wonderfully. You know, and, and, but not all, not all children have that. This I know, that I have life because of them. And, and who is it that's the giver of all life? It is God. And God wants us to have kind of a little closer understanding and realize that even though you may not agree, may not like, and, you, and may even have absolute justification for things against them, you still have life. But God, who gives life to all things, is a, is a God of integrity and a God who is filled with justice. He loves you. He cares about you. And he created everything. So why does God matter? Because there'd be nothing without him. Absolutely nothing. Insight number two. Why does God matter? Because he first loved me. He first loved me. First John 4, 19. We love him because he first loved us. In the second service, we're going to be dedicating little Elizabeth Fay Allsperger, Michael and Kimberly Allspergers to the Lord. Uh, I suppose sometime in the near future, we'll have the great blessing of dedicating little Cooper Lee Hebden to the Lord. And you look at these little tiny children, they are absolutely unaware of what it means that their parents love them. Cooper doesn't even yet realize he's alive. You know, he just does the three things that guys his age do. Eat, sleep, and, you know, the other. And uh, uh, he, he's not aware of anything beyond that. But one thing is for absolute truth. His parents absolutely adore him, would give their own lives for him would do whatever they could. They loved him before he ever even knew to be loved and before he ever loves them. But it's because of their love that he will grow to love them. You see, it's the same thing with God. We love him because he first loved us. And he loved us even while we were yet sinners. 
John 15 and verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. God sent his only begotten son to do that for you and I. He proved his love, proved his love by Jesus leaving throne in heaven, being born of a virgin, taking on flesh and blood so he could experience the cruelty of the cross and thereby pay for our sins, liberating us from. Why? Because he loved us before we ever even knew anything about it. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, he loved us. Why does God matter? God matters because everything exists because of him, and he absolutely loves you. He loves you long before you ever knew to even love him or anything about him. Insight number three, why does God matter? Because we will all answer to him. Every one of us, we will answer to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Every single one of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ in our turn, and God will look at us, and he will say, all right, let's talk. Let's get the books out. Let's have a little one-on-one -on -one here. And let's see what happened in your life. And let's, what did you do with your life? Every one of us has to give an account. And so therefore, he matters. God absolutely matters. He matters because he created everything. Nothing exists that didn't, wasn't created by God. I mean, some people say, well, no, it was a big bang. Okay, well, let's just say it was a big bang. Where'd the big bang come from? Where'd the stuff come from that slammed into each other that created the big bang in the first place? You know, where, where did this stuff come from? In order for two cars to collide, they, they had to come from two different directions. They, and they had to come from somewhere before they got to where they got. If you got a couple whatevers out there in space colliding and creating a big bang, those had to come from somewhere. So even if you want to say God, God did, you know, he, he used evolution. If you want to say that, which I, I believe that God created Adam and Eve. By the way, Bill O'Reilly believes, and I mean, he's supposed to be this, uh, he's supposed to be a Christian man, he tells us. And he said, he said that uh, Adam and Eve is, uh, is, um, uh, you know, just a story, just a story to illustrate something. Seriously? Well, somebody should include Jesus in because Jesus talked about Adam and Eve. And he talked about them as if they were the real deal. So, so uh, I happen to believe that. But let's say you don't believe it. You believe like Bill O'Reilly, that it's just some kind of a, uh, you know, a story to illustrate something. You believe in the Big Bang. Even if you believe that, it's the fact is, those somethings that collided had to come from somewhere. Everything, the Bible says, everything exists because of God. Why does God matter? Because he exists and everything created was created by him and for him. Why does God matter? God matters because he loved us before we ever even knew anything. He loved us. And why does God matter? Because one day every one of us will stand before God and give an account. Every one of us. There's no way around that.
You go from this life, and now you're in the front of the throne of God. And now, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to say? How are we going to, how's our life going to look? We'll give an account to God. And so since, God's ma- since, since God matters, what does that mean to my life? The observation is this. I live to honor him. I live to honor him. You see, well, if you think about, well, what's your value? Well, my value, my number one value is this. God matters. God matters. Well, why? Well, because he, everything exists because of it, because he loved me before I had a clue. And I know I'm going to stand before him someday. And so since I know that, I know that I'm, I'm going to live in a way in which it should be obvious that God matters to me. I live to honor him. I just heard on the news this morning, I can't remember if it was 72 or 73%, but it was one of those two, 72 or 73% of Americans believe uh, that our nation uh, is really headed in the wrong direction morally. What's interesting to me about that is, is that while we, while we all agree that three, nearly three quarters of Americans believe that we are going in the wrong direction morally, you know, 50% or more of us support all the directions that are taking us in the wrong direction. I mean, it's just like, hello, <laughs> you know, somewhere along the line, we need to kind of put all this together in light of what we believe about God. We must. Because God matters, it influences how I live, how I think, how the decisions that I make. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, God matters. If we talk about values and I say, well, you know what, I, I, uh, I value family. Well, then you should be able to look at how I live my life and, the, and my words should line up with that. Unfortunately, a lot of times that doesn't happen with people. If I say, if I, say I really value the word of God, and yet the, the Bible sits in a prominent, well-displayed place in my house, but it never gets opened and it never gets read and it never gets studied uh, beyond what I might hear on a Sunday morning or whatever, then you have to really wonder if the Word of God really is. Because, see, the truth of the matter is the way in which I live is motivated by the values that I have. God matters. And so since God matters, I live to honor Him. It's the case that, you know, that I, I do ask myself. I sit down and I have these conversations occasionally with myself and and um, I have to ask myself, well, how, how am I doing? And, and, and once I've asked myself, then I get God's opinion. And uh, Lord, how am I doing? Am I living in a way that pleases you? Would anybody ever, if, if somebody just happened to see me out and around, if, if people watched me, heard me at home, if they watched me, heard me at work, if people saw me in the grocery store, would they know somehow by watching my life that God has the preeminence, that he, he stands out in front of everything? Or, or would that be kind of just not noted? I mean, just kind of hidden. You really don't. How many have ever been somewhere and you thought to yourself, 
uh, I don't know for sure, but just listening to that person, I'm betting they're a Christian. Have you ever, have you ever been somewhere you've seen something? You just, just, you just, you just kind of know it. That there's something about them that just makes you think, I'll bet that person's a Christian because the way in which they're living and conducting their life. I live to honor God. We're going to prepare to receive communion. And as we do, the question really is, does God know that he matters uh, in your life? Does God know that? Do others know that God matters in your life? Is, is it visible in how you live? Is, are you walking in a way that's in living your life out in a way that's fully pleasing to God? Because God matters. If somebody said to me, what, why are you doing that? My, in, in, you know, related to, to uh, the way in which I believe about God or live my life is because, because God matters. You know, why do you go to church? Because God matters. You know, do you have to go to church? No, I don't have to go to church. It's just that God matters to me. You know, why do you give your tithe? You know, is that just some religious thing that some preacher wants to put on? You know, it doesn't matter to me. And, you know, it doesn't, doesn't really matter to me. It's, it's God matters. In fact, you know, you'll notice I don't really preach too much about giving. And for me, it's because I figure, you know, God matters and people just respond to God, you know. And so I don't really, really worry about a lot of that. What I'm really worried about is, do you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you in your inner man and do you respond to him? Whatever it might be, does God matter? Not all the do's and the don'ts and all the... You know, you get these big, long lists that people come up with. Most of those, actually, most of the things that a lot of people have decided are not okay, that you cannot do, came out of uh, mid-1800s Methodist holiness movement. What they were doing was they were saying... They asked the question, they said, how do you know if a person's really saved or not? So they decided, well, if, you, if a guy's really saved, you know, he doesn't, go, uh, he doesn't go to the pool hall because all the drunks go to the pool hall, so you don't go to pool halls. And if a guy's really saved, then it became also you don't go to the bowling alley, so you don't bowl. How many remember that? You know, you're not supposed to go bowling, you know. And all of a sudden, you got this long, I can't find the word bowling in the Bible anywhere. It's incredible. Yeah. But we come up with all kinds of do's and don'ts because that's a, how, how, do, how do you know if a person's safe? Listen, you stand on the word of God, you live what the Bible says, and you be sensitive to the Holy Spirit here, and you live for him because God matters. God matters. Fellows, come ahead. And we're going to, just a moment, receive communion. And I want to just read to you a passage of Scripture. Then I'm going to just ask you to respond to God. And uh, it is this. Thank you, Mike. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself... And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Take a, take a moment and, and check it out. See how you're doing. Find out what's going on in your life related to God. And, and uh, then eat and drink. You know, why is that important? Because God matters. God matters. And in just a moment, we're going to 
eat and drink here together in the Lord. Uh, but I want to just give you a moment to say, okay, so what is God speaking to your heart? What's going on in your life that probably God would want to address? If you were standing before God right now in the throne room of heaven, and God said, let's talk. Well, he'd obviously want to commend you for a lot of things gone right. But if he was going to say, you know, there's a couple of things here that uh, if, if, if you would have listened to me back then, we would have tweaked those things, but you weren't listening. What are those things? What would God want us to address in our life? What would God want you to address in your life? What, what is valuable to you because God matters? Because God matters. If God matters to you, what would you look at in your own life and say, I'm going to tweak this a little bit. I want, I want this to be a little more evident in my life. I want this to be less evident in my life. More of him and less of me. What would you do differently? Because God matters. He matters. Somebody says to you, you know, what is your values? Very simple. Number one, God matters. He matters. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, uh, just a moment, pray. And uh, the, once we pray, then we will break and eat this wafer together, and then we will pray for the cup, and we'll drink the cup together. But as I pray, and you let the Holy Spirit speak to you, what is it that God would want to say to you today? He loves you. It's not an issue of that. He's not mad at you. Not that at all. God is a gracious and loving God. He's not mad at you. But if he could say, hey, can we, I just want to direct you this way better because this would be better in your life. This would work better. What would that be? Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm so grateful for you. I absolutely know and believe that you created all things and all things exist because of you. And, and regardless of what man thinks or says in opposition to that truth, I know that you loved us first and that we'll all stand before you and give an account. You matter to me. And because you matter to me, Lord, I want to live in a way that honors you. And so, Lord, those things that you bring to our attention, not from the list that comes out of the 1800s, but from, Lord, what your word and your spirit bring to, to light concerning my life and concerning the life of every individual sitting here. Lord, you awaken us to the things that, Lord, you would help us to strengthen in our lives that need strengthening and to, Lord, let die out in our life those things that, that are not helpful. Lord, would you help us to live in a way that, Lord, the value of God mattering really does stand out. Forgive us, Lord, where we need forgiveness. Strengthen us, Lord, where we need strength. And we love you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you break and eat together? And then the cup. Father, as we hold this cup, we consider our own lives. We consider, Lord, what your Holy Spirit would reveal in us today about us. Lord, would you, 
Would you help us, Lord? Without a doubt, God matters to me hugely. I, Lord, would confess to you that I know there are times in which that might not appear as strong as I'd like it to, that there are times in which my own humanity rises a little too much to the surface. But, Lord, you matter to me. Forgive us, Lord, for those places and times that, Lord, we, we have become, uh, Lord, a little too human. And help us, Lord Jesus, that we live and we live for you. And that we do so, Lord, with joy and integrity. Not as those who are bound by rules and regulations, but as those who have been liberated, Lord, like calves in the spring. that have been tied up in their pens all, all, all winter long, and now they're free. And the liberation and the joy and the celebration of being liberated from everything that binds us up because you paid for it. Help us to live with joy and yet, Lord, live with integrity about who you are. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Drink together. Hallelujah for Jesus. I got the most marvelous gift yesterday. It was a menu to Denny's. All about bacon. Everything is just... I mean, it's incredible. I was going to go through there and count how many different ways they make bacon into stuff to eat. It's incredible. The cafe is open. You may not want to miss some fellowship and uh, some great cooking. I know you'd be blessed by it. Don't forget next week, the Bloodmobile. Don't call the Lashbrooks. Um, the, it's, it's too much. Uh, for them, uh, but they, their faith is in the Lord. They are strongly believing in Jesus, but it's not something they're prepared to talk a lot about and have to kind of walk through over and over again. But definitely find a day, find a time, and pray for them, if you would. God bless you. Stand, give someone near you a good squeeze, and uh, we'll see you soon.
explains my eyes. Thanks, Brad, for fixing the lights. So now I can't see. All right. Let's just try it, and then if we need to adjust anything, we will. Um, now he sees spots in front of his eyes. All right, are we ready? One, one, one. Ready, there it is. Sure. Are you awake? I'm barely awake. Let's do this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! We were here at 7.30. That's right. I was...
This one from the beginning. Lori, are you better there now? Yeah, am I too loud for y'all? Sounds great. Okay, it's kind of okay. Yeah. I can okay. hear. I can hear it. Okay, yeah. Good. Oh, it sounds great. I love that. Can you slide up to that? Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. We're gonna put you. Think about putting you down on the floor, like so you, everybody, because your family's all here. We can do solo. All right. Everybody good? So we'll do Mighty Save. Yeah. 